0: Mets it now to Duncan. Duncan fires. That's what we're talking about. Duncan Robinson, three delicious
1: now. Tyler to Bam. Lob deserves another. Just a good old Bam sandwich for it. Lowry, nice lob out to the top of the key to Adebayo, who gets it to Tyler for three. That thing hit nothing but nylon. Bam's got it. Tyler for three. Splash. What a turnabout of things. Donovan driving in the lane, stops, twirls, got it. 37.5 seconds left. They're down two possessions. Miami should just take a 24-second shot clock violation
2: here. Utah Jazz fall Miami Heat. 111 105 The Jazz were down big. Rally got within four but couldn't get any closer. Tyler Hero leading Miami with 27 points. No Jimmy Butler. No problem. The Heat sweep the two-game season series from the Jazz, beating them twice in eight days. And Disappointing would seem to be the minimum bar for how uh, jazz fans would analyze that loss. And if you want to go higher than that and pile on more, well, hard not to because it's four losses in five games and that was a bad week. Eight days, actually.
3: Eight days a week. Yeah, I see where you're going. <clears throat> Thank you. Yeah. Sing it.
2: Hey. <laughs> it's probably not good for me to sing right now. No, but, uh... you really shouldn't. <laughs> Your voice is hanging by a thread. I know. Uh, I've been there. Yeah, I would think we've all been there. Uh
3: But yeah, it's a bad week, no question about it. They're in a slump. And so what do we do? How much do we react to the slump? How much do we underreact? How much do we overreact? All those things are in a big pot of stew, and we all get to taste it and decide what we want to say. Uh, But it's no question right now, they're in a slump. I haven't removed or reduced or limited my expectations of this team. They're still there. But let's get going now. You've been playing for, what's today, the 15th? Uh, not quite a month. But we're getting real close to it now. It, and Thanksgiving's next week. You know, little check marks in the season, and here we are. You know, college football season's winding down. You know, all these things in our body clock and our minds that says, "All right, guys, now l- let's get going here." And this is where they're at. You know, they they have underachieved here uh, of late, and fix it, change it, man.
2: Eight and five ties them with the Clippers for fifth. They're only a half game in front of the Lakers, and we think the Lakers are having major problems, major struggles. Now, you can go through a bunch of stuff. Well, the Lakers have played 11 of 14 at home, and that's true. So there, there's some things hidden in the schedule that you know could work in the Jazz favor, but it is without question beyond time to get going. And the Jazz schedule is about to get really home-heavy here. It's just, just a couple games this week have started kind of even it out. And they, they're they home against Philly on Tuesday, and they're home again Thursday. And they only have two road games uh, and to get into December, and you just can't play bad basketball and waste. I know you hate the schedule analysis, PK, but I believe it's real, and this is an easy, softer spot in the schedule. And they got to cash in and start winning. They said the right things after the game, and they got two days off to get ready for Philly, and Philly may not be coming in full strength, so... Do I not. Right, so... Let's see them get going. And I think the rebounding needs to be fixed ASAP. The offensive issues, timings everything, and you got to work at it for a while before it really clicks. I believe that. It's a very fine line offensively between things working and things not working. But the effort and hustle plays, they should always be there. They need to be there. You gotta you gotta win a 50-50 balls and you gotta grab more rebounds. There's just no way around that. Jazz and Sixers tomorrow night, 8 o'clock, TNT. DJ and PK.
1: Hashtag NBA. Lob under to AD. He's underneath. Is he going to try to force his way in? He does. Gets it back and scores. He's just too big and good for this team. Bridges cuts into the honeycomb. Ah! Up with a right hand. Floats it in. Miles Bridges not dilly-dallying around. Right to the rim. Back to Caruso in front to DeMar DeRozan on a switch by
2: Hartenstein. With a pull-up top side jumper. Got it from 20 feet. DeRozan now with 30 points in this game. Trey is going to come back and get it across. Trey in the middle behind the pick. Got pushed.
1: Shoved. Three-pointer. Trey on the way. Bang!
2: Highlights from the NBA, several interesting games. The Warriors with the NBA's best record going to Charlotte and get beat. They're still 11-2. and two. They still have the best record, but did that catch your eye a little bit, PK? Yeah,
3: but I thought you underestimated Charlotte in and last segment. I think they are a little bit better than we think, or than you may think.
2: 8-7 and seven through 15 games, screams mediocre to me. Now that better than what they've turned in because they've had a lot of 32-win seasons mixed in there. So, maybe a step up from that. Yeah, but their best player is what, 20, 21 years old? Arrow is up. Uh, The Suns. We drew parallels between the Jazz and the Suns last year. Will we be drawing parallels between the Jazz and the Suns in a couple weeks? I bring that up because the Suns beat the Rockets 115-89. There are soft spots in the schedule and playing the Rockets. Well, that's, that's a game everybody's circled as a W. But it's not just this game. The Suns, after losing three of their first four... Jazz have lost four in the last five. Suns started one and three. Now they've won eight in a row. And they got the second best record in the West behind the Warriors. Yeah. The Lakers vinched within a half game of the Jazz. They beat the Spurs. Of course, you get the Spurs at home. You're supposed to win, but the Lakers did it. They improved to eight and six. Anthony Davis, 27 points. Uh, I didn't see a lot of that game, but I saw a little bit of it. And all I could think of was Steve Cleveland's voice, our basketball insider. And he said. I know why A.D. doesn't want to play the five, but they're way better when he plays the five. Out of pick and roll, out of half-court traps, A.D. was getting dunks, P.K. Of course he went for 27 in the first half. If you give a wildly talented, athletic seven-footer a bunch of dunks, he's gonna score a bunch of points. It was one dunk after another dunk after another dunk. Well, dunk you very much. Exactly. Other scores, the Nuggets beat the Blazers and beat them badly. 124-95, the final. Jokic, 28-9-9. and And Denver, now third in the West at 9-4. A game in front of the Jazz. Bulls beat the Clippers. DeMar DeRozan lighting it up. 35-point game. Clippers go down to defeat like the Jazz. They are now 8-5. DeAndre Hunter, Atlanta Hawks, undergoing surgery to pair a right wrist injury. Expected to miss eight weeks. He was hurt in a game against the Golden State Warriors a week ago, and they've decided surgery is the way to go. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag college basketball.
1: Inbound to Timmy, catches, uses the glass and scores. Nice look from Hickman to Timmy. 28 for Drew. Passes back to Timmy. Drew thought about a 12-footer, pulls it down. Now splits two horn shirts and scores two more. The career high continues to climb. 34 for Timmy.
2: He got to 37 and Gonzaga beat Texas. That wasn't, it didn't, Gonzaga didn't look like that was very difficult to do. Now, they are at home, and that can't be replicated in the NCAA tournament and all that, but when you start wondering, are they number one again? Are they that good? Can they make another run to the championship game? Could they get it done this time? It's hard to decide those things in November, but, man, everything about that game in the eyeball test says Drew Timmy's awesome, Gonzaga is awesome. How do you measure up with them? So you like Drew Timmy over Timmy Allen and <laughs> Timmy Timmy Coco Puff? That's a lot of Timmy's. But, yes, Timmy Allen, the former Ute, is now in Texas. Uh, What happened in November doesn't necessarily tell us what's going to happen in March. It's like you said earlier, it's hard to get into these games because you know these teams have a lot of time to tinker and build and get better and players can improve and some guys will get hurt and get knocked out. So can't oversell them. I'm glad they play these games early. But, man, Gonzaga, you had a big lead in that game. You were pretty comfortable.
3: Yeah. Drew Timmy is the early early leader for player of the year.
2: BYU is 2-0. They grind out a win over San Diego State, 66-60. Uh, game two, light game one, competitive. And like game one, BYU making the key plays down the stretch and getting the win. Yeah, like the start they're off to. Well,
3: anytime you're 2-0, yeah. Unless you're playing you know, two outrageous dogs, which they did not. Sure, yeah, a lot of new faces. And then when you get down to crunch time, go to Barcelo. He's not a new face. He's really good.
2: And he will be taking as many big shots as possible at BYU. No problem there. Utah is also 2-0. They crushed Sacramento State 89-56. Brandon Carlson, a career-high 21 points. The Utes have Bethune-Cookman tonight, 8 o'clock, Pac-12 Network, coached by Reggie Theus, former NBA player and UNLV college star. NBA coach as well. Utah State beat Richmond. Justin Bean went off. You and I were just talking about the arc of the Aggie program and the coaching changes and where they were going. And you were, you know, obviously there's a couple players who really powered it. And you're like, man, Justin Bean, he's a pretty good player, though. You got to give him some credit. And then he went off and had way better than a pretty good game. 30 points, 14 rebounds. He had a terrific game as the Aggies beat Richmond. Oh, that's just massive in a 40-minute college game. Right? (laughs) Right? That was outstanding. Dixie State beats Southern Utah 83-76. Both those teams now one and one. DJ and PK.
1: Hashtag NFL. Snap to Prescott. They blitz him. He throws it left. Lamb's in the corner of the end zone. And he walks under the ball. Touchdown to C.D. Lamb. His second. And he comes up grinning at Dalton Schultz and strikes. Saying, that was too easy jones takes and steps back two steps throws to henry yeah. wide open middle of the end zone zo called it and jones delivered it second touchdown of the day for hunter henry and the route is on for the patriots out of the eye formation first and goal from the one zach moss takes the handoff tries to bully his way behind right tackle and he's into the end zone for the touchdown fourth and goal at the one
2: 31 seconds handoff gets in it's-
1: Mahomes moving to his left, holding it now. Steps up and is going to pump fake it. Now throws across his body left for the end zone, and the pass is going to be in the end zone touchdown. Kansas City, Daryl Williams doing his best Kelsey and Tyree Kill impersonation.
2: Highlights from the NFL in a league where there are usually a lot of close games, and there were there were some. Certainly, the Titans and Saints was. Uh, Two good teams, two winning records, two teams missing running backs, and it comes down to a two-point conversion. And the Titans find a way to win again. And they improved to 8-2, and two, best record in the AFC, tied to the best record in the NFL. But as much as that game was competitive, there were blowouts all over the place, PK. There were, there were games that definitely looked more like college scores with 30- you know, and 40-point wins.
3: Oh, yeah, for sure, man. Cardinals getting run off their home field. By Carolina, yep. Shocking,
2: now thirty-four to thirty-four to ten. Yeah. Cam Newton just in short yardage situations, which means in the red zone, he runs for a score, he throws for a score. I think he only had seven snaps though. At least he throw up his carries and attempts. He may have come in and handed off to somebody else for a couple more plays. So, limited role, but effective role for him. But no Kyler Murray. They're 8-2. They don't and have their guy. Well, we all accept they're not going anywhere in the playoffs without their guy. So, I don't know that that loss says a lot about what to expect out of them in the postseason. And uh, how I view no. them as a contender.
3: But at the same time... With Cole McCoy, they blasted San Francisco on yeah, the road. They did. I, w- I didn't expect them to be down thirty-one to
2: three at home. Completely agree. Uh, Packers are eight and two. They also had a loss without Aaron Rodgers. Uh, a week ago, they bounced back, shut out the Seahawks, 17-0. You don't see that many shutouts in the NFL, and Seattle hasn't been shut out in a little more than 10 years. Russell Wilson's first game back, and that game was in 3 nothing in the fourth quarter. That is not what they've been looking for in the league office. They've changed a lot of rules over the last 40 years to make sure this doesn't happen. But in the rain and a little snow at times in Green Bay, it happened.
3: Absolutely miserable.
2: Yeah. The two star quarterbacks there, Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson, combined for three interceptions. Russell had two, Rodgers had one, and zero touchdown passes. Both running to short running touchdowns for the Packers. Uh, more blowouts. Dallas just got humiliated by Denver. Turns around and annihilates Atlanta, forty-three to three. The Bills blow out the Jets, forty-five to seventeen, and the Patriots put it on the Browns. Forty-five to seven. Mac Jones throws for three touchdowns. I know it's too early to say, but he was the last of the first round quarterbacks. Mm. Is he going to end up being
3: the best? Well, Lamar Jackson wasn't, and 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 Marino wasn't. That the situation there and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, Everybody passed on
2: Breeze. He was the first quarterback in the second round. So teams do miss on quarterbacks. There's no doubt about that. And we'll see how it goes. There's a long way to go, and lots of times for all these guys to get better, but. Mac Jones and the Patriots at this point in the season, you can't you can't really complain. You're six and four. You're sitting in a potential playoff spot. And as rebuilds go for the Patriots, if they continue this, this is a quick turnaround and makes the hoodie look good, even if you don't like him. The hoodie look goody. The hoodie look goody. <laughs> but the AFC still, you know, you lose a couple games and you plummet from a wild card to out. So no, it's not like anything settled yet. But man, they just. The Browns and Patriots both came in 5-4, and four, and it was not close. Other games that caught your eye. Chargers with a couple disappointing losses, just when it looked like they might take off. They're 5-4, and four, they're still in it, but the Vikings went in and won 27-20. <clears throat> the Buccaneers, that's the one I left out. The Buccaneers, what are you doing going to Washington and getting beat 29-19? Not getting edged, not a bad bounce. You got beat. Washington's three and six with that victory. They are not a good team.
3: I think that was probably the stunner of the season so far.
2: And I know Tampa Bay a little short-handed, but everybody's short-handed. And you're missing you Gronk. Hands, yeah. You got other. Thank you. You got other. You got other weapons there. You know the guys you can throw to, and sure you miss Gronk, but that doesn't explain it. Well, Gronk ain't playing 17 games, so forget it. Was it is never going to happen, right? Get him healthy for the playoffs. Get him healthy for the playoffs, no doubt about it. Rams and Niners tonight, 6-15 on ESPN. Now, the Rams at 7-2, if they win, and the Niners are 3-5, and if the Rams win, they're 8-2, tied for the Cardinals for first place in the division, and then tied with the Packers and the Titans and the Cardinals for the best record in the NFL at 8-2. Cowboys 7-2, and two, so just bye weeks playing into that there. DJ and PK. Hashtag
1: Utah. Keeping it around the right side to the goal line, leans forward, he's in. Touchdown, Utah. Cam Rising is fourth rushing touchdown of the season. Haversick has plenty of leg behind it, and it is good! 57 yards for Lucas Haversick formation quick hit on the move into the end zone touchdown utah brent keithy it's blocked into the end zone touchdown arizona second and goal tj pledger stood up lunges forward he's in touchdown tj pledger is second of the day
2: up is down I've been turned inside out. PK. What? It has to be said about Utah. Thank goodness for the Utah offense. When will the rest of the team, the defense and the special teams, catch up to the excellence of the Utah offense? Never. Things we rarely say about the Utah football team, a team that usually wins with defense and sometimes is one with special teams. And the offense, they were at a high level from the first drive to the last drive. And they played well. And they did it without Tavian Thomas. And... They ran the ball. They got first downs. Pledger went over 100 yards. I thought Cam Rising had a really good game. Made a lot of big throws, good throws, first downs. They had to convert, you know, third and long, and he threw it, and they got the first down. I thought there were a lot of good things on offense. The defense has a terrible start, but after the first quarter, I thought they were fine. And then the special teams, they can't even punt the ball. And if one guy hadn't blocked it, then the second guy would have. Those three those three protectors back there had to block like six guys. That was that was trouble.
3: No, it ended up being trouble. Yeah, it ended up being a touchdown if I remember correctly. It was, right? yeah. And and yeah, it was one of those punts that I don't even know that they had you know, they didn't have to like Greg Luganus full
2: on dive. No, no, they just ran, took it off his foot and then yeah, like eight yeah. guys celebrated in the end zone. And, and it, when you get that kind of block, it's not gonna be uh like a tip
3: pass where it can go anywhere or something it's just going to drop right there and you've got more guys than one hapless punter who's
2: facing the wrong way
3: and maybe on the ground yeah Yeah. (laughs) so it's going to lead to a touchdown yeah it was shocking gave them a a big time momentum Mm -hmm. Uh, you know but uh, Arizona uh, tells offense didn't do anything that surprised me Uh, I thought that drive at the end of the first half was very important they got right down to, uh basically like the one or two yard line. and time was running out and they took a timeout. They made a really cool play. They had the cubby come in motion towards the line but he, uh, as he was going, he didn't get anywhere near Linus, uh, the line, the left guard there, or left tackle I should say, and Ryzen gave him the ball and he just sort of yeah. turned his left shoulder and he's in. It was, I thought it was a really cool play and I thought that was a big, big drive because it's reestablished and the just didn't play their best game but so what? I don't care. It, it, they didn't need to play their best game. Why waste your best game uh, against Arizona? What, what were you going to achieve? And then, and you're not going to be what 52 to seven every week. And it's Arizona's senior day, and 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 all that stuff. And so, good for them. I, I, I find myself rooting for Jed Fish because of our our jersey connection there. And, and I've talked to some people about what kind of guy he, he is. And they play tough. And but the Utes got the win, and in the end, that's all that matters.
2: They got the win. That was a cool play at the end of the half. It was uh, it was it was not Covey. I thought it was a little Canadian Football League. I want to know who's got the ties to the CFL. In the Canadian Football, you can run towards the line of scrimmage at the snap, which you can't do in the NFL or in college football. But by putting him, they they were in that bunch formation, real tight. You know, basically yeah. it looked like three tight ends the way they lined up. I'm not sure exactly which who all the players were. And then they shift, and he goes out wide. But then he's running. I make an air quotes downhill. But he's got momentum and the defender stand yeah, is still and yeah, yeah, he's yeah. big and the defenders a little smaller stand on the goal line and it's supposed to knock him backwards to keep him out of the end zone. Good luck with that. So that we, was a good play, wouldn't we where you run a similar type play?
3: Did I say covey? Yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah, it was just a cool play. And and I was glad they I'm glad they went for it rather than settle for three.
2: Right. And it was like, hey, we could run this play. We got a timeout. We could call timeout with one or two seconds left and kick the field goal if we had to. Exactly. Um, but they got into the end zone and that gave them the lead at halftime and they never gave the lead up and they win the game. Utes approved to seven and three with Oregon coming to Rice Eccles Stadium Saturday, five thirty on ABC. And then how about the coach calling me out for my fly? that was odd because we all saw it on camera um his reaction but obviously we didn't see you so was that really a problem oh because i left the room in tears i
3: was he publicly (laughs) humiliated me i hate that man (laughs) and i told harlan that my lawyer will be contacting him (laughs) nice and he said he expected some type of call and he was going to get with his lawyer
2: all right. If you could just be fully dressed, X Y Z, in the next post game, that would be good. I, I told
3: him I was a little warm in the room. I needed to.
2: Oh, dude,
1: dude! Is that a snowbird hat? It is the there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that gets my juices full. Yeah. You can think about that in a little bit. But yeah. You uh, don't. You don't PK.
2: Is <laughs> your fly open? Yeah. Come on. It is. That's what friends are for. Who needs
3: enemies with friends like that guy? You know, he's an excellent football coach, but he is an evil man. (laughs) There it is.
1: All right, DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah State, And this time they will run the fly sweep. Scarver trying to dance around the edge. Gets into the end zone. Save on Scarver. The rushing touchdown. And the Aggies on the board with the score. And fakes the handoff. Looking to the outside. Has a man. It's caught. Derek Wright. Yes, sir. Derek Wright with a touchdown in the corner of the end zone. What a throw by Logan Bonner. And the Aggies an extra point away from tying things up here in San Jose. And they got the penalty, don't they? It's a quick play. He's looking deep, looking for Wright. It's up for grabs. Wright comes back and scores. Wright, what an adjustment. Comes back around, gets in front of the defender, reels it in. And, folks, you just got yourself a Utah State touchdown. Derek Wright, that was filthy.
2: That was an awesome play by Wright. That ball was underthrown. The defender had him screened away from it, and he just slows down for half a beat. Nice in front. Great adjustment on the ball. Catches it and scores. And PK, I thought the Aggies could win that game. I thought they probably would win that game. They were favored, but at no point did I think they were going to run San Jose State off the field. And that second quarter, they completely flipped the game. Of course, they're on the road again. Fifth straight road game. They've gotten down by double digits and a fifth straight time they've come back to win. But this time falling down 14-0 and then winning the rest of the game 48-3. Super, wow. Super impressive. Ran them off the ran them off the field. The showdown. The Aztecs and the Aggies. Yeah, the Aztecs have a Boise State showdown first. <laughs> Got to get by that one. Well, I oh, don't Screw up against UNLV. Yeah, actually, I think they do. They could end up in a three-way tie for the division. I don't know how that tiebreaker would play out.
3: It plays out in their favor. Trust me. I've already examined everything.
2: Oh, cool. That's good to know. I'll stop worrying about that then. (laughs) Are you serious? Are you making that up? I'm making it up. Dang it. I was afraid of that. All right, Utah State, they've got Wyoming Saturday. They beat White. It's uh, senior day, senior night, 6 o'clock, CBS Sports Network in Logan. Win that game, win it New Mexico in the finale. And they are into the conference title game. San Diego State in the lead in the other division after uh, holding off Nevada with a late field goal. Nevada and Fresno just a game behind. Still crazy in that division. But Utah State beat Wyoming, beat New Mexico. Let that other division sort itself out. Whatever. It's right in front of them. We'll talk with Blake Anderson coming up at 9.30. DJ and PK.
0: Hashtag college football. Back to throw McNamara. Pressure coming.
1: Got to throw. Throws. He's got all. Crossing road. He's at the 40. He's heading down the sideline. The 20. He cuts at the 5. Did he get in the end zone? Yes. Touchdown, Michigan. Eric All on a crossing road. And the Wolverines retake the lead. Second down 7 for the Bears. They've driven to the Oklahoma 14. Handoff. Nope. Keep it. Bohannon running left. Bohannon to the 10. To the 5. To the end zone. Gary Second rushing touchdown today. The Bears punch it in. Final play. Camp rolls over to the right side. Steps up pressure. Got to get rid of it. He's going to heave it towards the end zone. It's going to go around the five. The ball's tipped in the air. Still being tipped. Caught. Touchdown, South Dakota. Oh, my goodness. Daniel's in the gun. He looks right. He's flushed out of the pocket to the right. Throwing on the run. It's caught. It's caught. And Kansas will win.
2: What a day of college football! PK, why do you love college football? Because of Saturdays uh, like yeah, two days ago. Was. That was wildly entertaining. Dramatic. There were yeah. so many dramatic games, and they don't all matter for the playoffs. And it doesn't—they're they, not rivalries yet. The big—the rivalries we got some this week, and a lot in two weeks. Uh, but it, it was just—it was fun. It, it was fun to watch some of the games, and some of the teams really. Are who we thought they were. Uh, Ohio State beat Purdue 59 31. Are they going to make the playoffs? Are they going to take a second loss and get knocked out? Ohio State's offense is awesome. And they had eight touchdowns, a field goal, one punt, no turnovers, and kneel downs. I mean, their offense was spectacular, but the defense, they gave up 31 to Purdue. Defense has issues. Can the offense always be great? Is the defense yes. going to struggle against Michigan or Michigan State or in the Big Ten title game and get them beat? The defense is not great.
3: Uh, okay, but it, it, college football is an offensive game now so They anyway. can just
2: keep outscoring people. I, now,
3: I mean, Right now, Ohio State's the best, second best team in the
2: country. Georgia is number one, and nobody is yeah. debating that, the way they're beating people. Now, Oklahoma, like Georgia, was undefeated, and college football is... A offensive game and the Big 12 has had crazy offensive games but not so much this year. Oklahoma State's leaning more on defense. Baylor's defense gets it done in a 27-14 win over Oklahoma. So, cross off another unbeaten. It's Georgia-Cincinnati and Texas-San Antonio. We're down to three now. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Pac-12 football, Oregon up 14-0 on Washington State after a quarter tied at halftime, but Oregon really took over in the second half. They win 38-24. Oregon knows if they beat Utah, they win their division. The winner of this game Saturday night wins their division in the Pac-12, and then we'll find out if the loser wins the division three and a half hours later based on the outcome of the ASU-Oregon State game. They could both clinch this weekend. So what? It's done. It's done. It's Oregon and Utah. Start selling tickets. <laughs> uh, other games that we heard in there. Notre Dame beat Virginia 28-3. to You ruling the Irish out of the playoff yet? Or all these leagues, the Big 12, the Pac-12, the Big 10, could all come up with a two-loss champion, and Notre Dame could find their way in.
3: Well, I think a, lot, a large degree depends on what happens with Cincinnati. That's because another pass. Cincinnati's, yeah. if since if SMU, and I think that's what they play this week, which is a pretty good ball club, if they beat Cincinnati, that's hurting Notre Dame.
2: Although it could also open up a berth for Notre Dame. So you're right. It's, it's a double-edged sword there. Uh, yeah, I
3: think it hurts more than helps, but you need to have it. So it's like Notre Dame's in a no-win situation, basically, because Cincinnati doesn't have the respect that it deserves. But...
2: Uh, but and that's yeah. why and that's why Notre Dame will root for Utah. If you're a Notre Dame fan, you're all about the Utes. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. Yeah, Knock Oregon obvious. out of there. Let's get that over with. Check those guys off the list. Uh, you're right, it is SMU. That's 130 on ESPN. They ought to handle East Carolina, and then they probably get Houston in the title game, and Houston is 9-1, and and they're now ranked. So there's a couple of good tests out there for Cincinnati here.
3: Well, we knew that the AAC at the top had several good teams. And now,
2: now Cincinnati's got a plan.
3: They'll be in the Big 12, so they basically took the best to come over here, which is why the Big 12 is going to be in an excellent league for the Cougars. The Cougars struck gold on this, as far as I'm concerned.
2: BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and UCF combined right now. I think they're sitting on six losses, all of them combined. And with AAC teams playing each other, you know, you end up with a certain amount of losses built in. Uh, they got to happen. These teams are all coming in at a pretty high level. Washington fired head coach Jimmy Lake. We got to this uh, into this a little earlier in the show. If you missed it, uh, Jimmy Lake, third Pac-12 coach out, and that conference may not be done le- yet. A lot of jobs open, and these schools would be crazy not to call Kalani Satake. How much w- will he be the guy is different than getting a call. How much will they offer? How will BYU respond? And deep down, what does Kalani really think? You were talking earlier about Donovan Mitchell. You know, when you're that good and you're a star player, you have a ton of options. We saw it with Durant, right? He had the option to go to Golden State, and he did. He had the option to go to the Knicks, and he didn't. He had the option to go to the Nets, and he did. That's where a good college football coach sits. When you're on top of the world, there are multiple jobs open, and it just comes down to when you go, just go into a room by yourself and sit and think, or maybe immediate family, you know, what do you really want to do? And you get to do it.
3: Well, I think the three bona fide openings – there should be some conversation.
2: You're talking the three in the Pac-12 with Washington and Washington State that are and, literally and already USC. open. Yes, which was the first one to open.
3: Oh my gosh! I mean, this is freaky. You know how sometimes if you don't touch your computer and it'll go to a uh, some type of screen picture, screensaver. Yeah, yeah. It just came up and it was a picture of Seattle. Is this an omen, Kalani to the Huskies? This is freaky.
2: Weaver State blows out Southern Utah 62 to nothing, and Dixie State gets their first win of the year, beating Division II Fort Lewis 62-21. That's a lot of points, a couple of 62-point game winners there. And what is trending? Brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There's no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up next, we are talking Ute football with Nick Ford, Utah offensive lineman. Stay with us.
1: This is unright. You guys are doing a hell of a job.
0: You take a third-place Pac-12 team and put yeah. them in the Rose Bowl or right. a five-loss team and put them in the Rose Bowl. But what it is is it's like, but our champion is playing in the college football playoffs. And so. then you have and then you have BYU fan who is going to be even more grumpy because let's say they get to 12 in the college football playoff. Utah, with five losses, wouldn't even be – they must have been unranked at that point in the college right. football playoff committee. Yeah. And yeah. they'd be in the Rose Bowl, and they're playing New Year's 6 Bowl. game where BYU's going – can I have some crumbs, sir? Can I have a bit of the New Year's Six Bowl, sir? That is unbelievable. Catch Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keery. Weekdays from 3 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Powered by KSLsports.com.
2: TJPK, it's time to welcome in Utah offensive lineman Nick Ford. He joins us on the Smart Rain Guest Line. Best of State Award winner, Smart Rain has an incredible Black Friday offer running for the entire month of November. Smart Rain is giving free controllers along with a free Apple iPad to commercial properties who sign up with a paid cellular hosting subscription. Please visit smartrain.net or call 877 346 3333. Nick, good morning. Good morning. So Nick, I know you got a big game coming up this week, and I know you've got to look ahead, not back. And uh, we will get to all of that. But of course, when I say all that, that means I want to look back. And I am, I am curious here. Um, Because it is about the journey. You do want to get to the destination. You want to get to the Rose Bowl. You want to get to the playoffs. Those are all goals. Everybody wants to win their conference when the season starts and all that. But you don't get to play that many games. You play 12, not the 30, 35, or maybe even 40. Some college basketball teams get to play. And so you really got to enjoy one when you win one. And I'm just curious, on the plane flight back, does the O-line sit together, or or maybe in the locker room after the game, do you take a moment and appreciate – what a hot mess the O-line was early in the season and some losses, guys not knowing who to block, blowing assignments. I'm sure it's painful to watch on film. How hard everybody works over the course of six weeks and how much the O-line as a group and the entire offense as a group was there for the team when they really needed it to avoid a big upset because after the block punt, that could have gone another way. Anybody who watched Kansas and Texas knows that could have gone another way and you could have lost. And that 8-plus eight, eight plus minute drive for the touchdown to ice it, man, there's there a lot of good football in there. Do you ever sit back and appreciate big picture the journey from we're not good right now, we're hurting the team to, man, in the clutch, we delivered. We did our part and we got it done.
4: Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, there is that uh, you know, recognition of what we did for the team and you know that's that's all it is it's what what we did for the team and it's, it is in the past and uh you know we just got done doing film watching film and it was addressed and you know we um you know talked about it how it was a really good drive and you know that really just set the shape of the offense and you know set the tone for the room and at the same time you know like you said it is it is the past and. Uh, Uh, we're only as good as our last game, so we need to continue to build off of that and uh, make sure that we continue to do that and not get caught up in the fact that we have already done it once.
3: So I was down there in Arizona and Tucson for the game, and I was on the field at the end, and I saw that you were on your back, and they were administering you. What was going on, and how do you feel?
4: (laughs) I'm all good. Everyone, everyone, (laughs) everyone's all right. I just had really bad cramps, man. I, uh, I have a really bad sinus infection, and I'm on a buttload of medication. And some of that medication uh, will make you dehydrated. And uh, during that uh, last drive, when we hit that um, that quarterback sneak, my uh, my hamstring started to cramp. And then after that next play, it was my calf. And the following play, my stomach, my back, and I was just like, "Yeah, I gotta finish this drive before anything else." <laughs>
3: Look like Goliath on the floor, on the ground there. I mean, you're a big guy, obviously, and I was a little nervous
4: for you. <laughs> Appreciate it.
2: So after the game, um, Kyle had a lot of good things to say about the offense, and in his press conference last week, he actually brought you up and talked about you as a jack-of-all-trades and caught himself and says – that sounds a little bit, I'm paraphrasing, but I think he said that sounds like a hollow compliment or something. It just sounds like, you know, you can do a lot of stuff, but nothing was. Well. He he's playing multiple positions at a really high level based on whatever we need right then. So that's a really good compliment from the head coach, number one. And then number two, how, for those of us who haven't played O-line, and PK and I are not big enough to have ever played O-line, what... What's the difference between the positions? What do you have to change when you're moving from one position to another midseason and you got to flip the switch?
4: Oh, it's, it's, it's everything. I mean, um, the way you set at tackle, guard, and center is completely different. Uh, your weight distribution on your legs are different. Uh, the angles in which you kick out at on pass blocks are different. And um, the way you invert your feet on certain moves is different. And the same thing on, we know, a bunch of. Uh, run plays the angles you take and everything you do so um you know it is really difficult and on top of actually being able to do that now you have to add in the mental aspect of understanding the plays understanding the play calls uh what your job is your gap responsibility your zone responsibility um you know it is difficult quote unquote i don't i don't personally find it difficult because uh, that's kind of always been my thing is making sure that uh, I'm, I'm able to do whatever the team needs, um, and I have a really uh, profound understanding of the offense, and uh, so the mental aspect is really easy to me, um, and then just getting out there and moving around. Um, every once in a while, you know, you have those couple reps where your feet will go back. Uh, that was kind of like me a couple years ago, but I think this year my uh, my body is well in line with, okay, I'm at this spot. This is what I need to do. Um, and, that's yeah, that's basically all it is, is just knowing where you need to be and how you need to get there and, you know, the difference between 45 degrees and 90 degrees and a whole bunch of other things.
3: We saw that Thomas, Thomas was out at running back, so you went with Pledger and Bernard Moore, and you still had a ton of success running the ball. Obviously, Pledger went over. 100 yards, Uh, you know, you talk about when quarterbacks are in there and you have to be aware of because each quarterback is different. How much does the offensive line have to be aware, if at all, who the running back is?
4: Uh, They do each have their own style of play from uh, Tavion, TJ, uh, Mackay, and Chris. Um, But they're very similar in the way they're coached. I think their style of play shows more at the second level and the third level. And uh, the the great thing about all our backs right now is they're, they're all patient and they wait for the holes to open up and they understand the movement and they understand where we're going, and I think that's the biggest thing. Um, and you can see that earlier in the season, you know, uh, the backs were, you know, going really quick and hitting holes and, you know, the hole wasn't really open yet. And as season uh, developed, they started to understand that, you know, the holes take a little bit to open, so they started pressing it a little more and you know, finding those creases. Um, so I, I wouldn't say you have to uh, differentiate too much. I say the main thing is you, uh, you just get a different type of personality in a huddle and a different type of personality when uh, they start breaking open into the secondary and the linebackers.
2: Nick Ford joining us, University of Utah offensive lineman. You said you've already watched the film. I'm curious what is the room like when uh, a bunch of big dudes who spend three hours shoving people around the field so the team can win, when they see tiny little Briton Covey, all 168 pounds soaking wet with a pocket full of quarters, run up and do the bush push and shove a teammate forward five <laughs> yards to pick up a first down?
4: Yeah, I mean it's it's funny. It's, it, you know, it shows how much heart this team has and how much heart he has, and it it, it really shows that you know size does not determine anything, especially in this uh, sport of football, if you have a great heart and great work ethic and that's that's all Covey is great heart and work ethic and as soon as that play started, Coach was like, Hey, look at look at little squirt here pushing the pile and we all looked straight at Covey. We knew who he was talking about and we all started screaming, oh wow. so I mean it you know, it just shows how much, you know, heart um, you know this team has and really how much heart and passion Britain has for the game.
3: Oregon has a beast along the defensive line, I'm sure you're well aware. Number five, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau, and this guy is a surefire NFL first-round draft pick, as Devin Lloyd is for you guys as far as I'm concerned, so maybe that flushes it out. I don't want you to give away your plan of attack, but what do you think the approach is going to be to make sure number five is as limited as possible?
4: Uh, Well, you know, you respect all programs uh, and you respect all players and that's pretty much how it is. Uh, I got a respect for him, but, you know, you can also, uh, you know, put people on a pedestal because then they beat you throughout the week. Um, So I think, you know, a lot of our guys, me, and especially our tackles have been looking forward to this week and being able to see him and compete against him. And I think that's going to set us different versus a lot of people because I understand that a lot of people are more intimidated and we're more looking forward to it. And uh me personally I think it's fun and I look forward to it because I've been playing him since he was at Darcy High back here in California. So, you know, it's 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 uh same news to me. It's, you know, good athlete and it's it's fun to actually have have a good athlete go against you and uh, you know, they got a lot of athletes on that defense. I mean, their D line is young and, you know, they're really good, they're big and they're quick and uh same thing with their back of core and especially uh Noah, Nephi's brother. Uh, you know, it's going to be a fun game. It'll, it'll definitely be fun. I think the thing that's kind of setting us apart is we we're more or less looking forward to the matchups versus uh, you know as some people may get nervous of those matchups.
2: So this is a very weird situation. I do not want to undersell this game. This is two nationally ranked teams playing on ABC at five thirty. That's a time slot that says the TV networks thinks this is a this is a big game, and they think all the fans out there think this is a big game. But you could be playing the same team, and I think you probably will be playing the same team in another two weeks for a trip to the Rose Bowl and even higher stakes in a bigger game. Does that impact this first one at all? The fact that you're probably going to see them again in two weeks?
4: Uh, Yes and no. Um, You know, we got to take it one week at a time. We understand, you know, that there's a great possibility of us seeing them again. And, um, you know, that's that's all it is I mean you look back across Pac-12 and you know this has happened multiple times where you see a team twice in play and um, yeah you know you just gotta take it and uh, we'll run with it and see how this first game goes and uh, we have a plan of attack we're gonna go into it and uh, then you know we see them again in a couple weeks and uh, if that's the case and you know we see them they see us um, we go ahead and you know we keep the plays that we like change plays that we didn't like and and I'm sure they'll do the same thing and then I feel like the second game is more about who could make the full-time game adjustments because not only are you going to have to make adjustments from game one uh, I mean halftime at game one now you're going to have to make an adjustment of the overall scheme you guys played against each other then you guys see each other in December and it's, it's a you know a different offense different defense from both sides and now you're adjusting again for a second quarter. So, you know, when you see teams like that, I think it's, you know, who could handle a lot of adjustments really quick.
2: Well, Nick, we appreciate the time. We are looking forward to that game. Thanks for joining us. And uh, tell Britton Covey we're looking forward to seeing him push the pile again.
4: Uh, for sure, appreciate
2: it. All right. Nick Ford, Ute Offensive Lineman, join us here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Blake Anderson, Aggie football coach, coming up at 930. Question of the day next. The Utes and Cougars both ranked. Are they going to stay that way? Your reactions, which aren't as cut and dried as you would think. There's a couple outside-the-box answers coming up next. Stay with us, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone now. Your
0: Rocky Mountain Chevy dealer's strong play of the weekend.
2: Three receivers right, single receiver left. First down and ten, back to pass. Final play. Camp rolls over to the
1: right side. Steps up pressure. Got to get rid of it. He's going to heave it towards the end zone. It's going to go around the five. The ball's tipped in the air. Still being tipped. Caught. Touchdown South Dakota! Oh my goodness. The ball was tipped in the air. It was caught by South Dakota. Caleb Van Der
2: There's your Chevy Strong play of the game. Know it today at 450 on Unrivaled. You can win fabulous prizes. South Dakota with the Hail Mary to beat South Dakota State in their rivalry game. All right, PK, we got the question of the day. Two ranked teams. Utah joins BYU in the rankings. Both are both in for good for the rest of this season. Gabe says should be, but anything can happen in college football. USU could be top 25 soon also.
3: Oh, yeah. Let's have them all.
2: 23 combined uh, victories. And we were talking about how many games they're going to lose in November. It's an undefeated November so far. Utah State and BYU should both win this week. So the Zero. question is, do the Utes take down Oregon? I know. Uh,
3: yes, they could play each other, and they, neither of them would lose. That's what we're doing.
2: <laughs> Brooks, been missing for a while. Welcome back, Utah. <laughs> oh, nice. 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 Kill them with kindness. Nice. Jake says Utah will still own the state at the end of the year. Clown comment, bro, Dave says. twenty six seventeen. BYU's 2-0 in the state. BYU owns all of Utah and all of Arizona. Get used to it. They did beat and Arizona, Virginia, and Arizona for that and Virginia. They got Virginia. Now, having that, having uh, said all of that, I just clicked on the athletic. Washington's next football coach, Bruce Feldman's likely candidates. Guess whose photo is on the very oh, front dude. page? Now, what do you think I was doing last night? <laughs> Telling Bruce to get up to speed. <laughs> hey, Bruce, my man, I got some sources. You better get yourself up. To Didn't speed I text real you? Quick. <laughs> oh yeah, you were on it. You did text me. Absolutely, you were on it. I was texting about twenty people. I honestly, I can't remember if I texted you. You did. No, you did. Yeah. You said we texted back and forth. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Thanks
3: for blanking out. I mean, because I had so many texts.
2: Uh, yeah. No. No. I know when you going. get. Yeah. When you get in the middle of something, and it gets heated up like that. Um, that's the way it goes. Uh, But for people who are like, PK's friends with him, he doesn't really know. Well, number one, whether you like somebody or not doesn't necessarily get in a way of what you know or don't know about a program or a situation. And this is rampant, the, uh, the analysis here. BYU's Kalani Sitake has done an excellent job in Provo, Utah. Now, they go on to list Jay Norville at Nevada, Fresno State's head coach, Cal's head coach, who's caught in a really weird situation, it has been pretty weird at Cal for a while now, and a uh, former Washington uh, coordinator who has uh, gone on to do well at Montana State and then has gone down to Texas. Um, so there's, there's lots of candidates, but, man, there's Kalani's photo, and there is a ra- just raving about Kalani. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 12.80, the zone. Stay with us. More football on the way, more jazz on the way, and Blake Anderson, Aggies head coach, will join us at 9.30. Stay with us.